Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm your co-host, Ryan Houlihan. And I'm Ashley K. Smalls. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And our guest joining us today hosts Power of X-Men and is my podcast husband. Dayspring! Hi. Hi. Uh, so we're here to talk Thor Love and Thunder. It just came out. Um, I want to know everyone's like what your like little your summary of how you felt leaving the theater um ashley as my resident marvel expert i'll have you go first um it was fine (laughs) (laughs) sorry oh my god are we all gonna agree that'll be funny uh (laughs) like you know um i didn't you know i didn't leave thinking wow that was the best film i've seen in a while i also didn't leave thinking that was the worst film i've seen (laughs) it was just like you know something cute something for the summertime yeah yeah that's fair uh ryan what'd you think I will also say it was a it was a fun time at the movies. Uh, but <laughs> my other note is just the hundreds of millions of dollars being spent on this. I think everybody, I think everybody involved, save a couple people, could have stepped their pussies up a little bit. <laughs> I get it. We're having fun. It's summer. We've made a bunch of these movies. We're going to make a bunch more. I understand what what's happening. The under the assignment is understood. I I just think you know maybe we do a second pass on the script. You know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. If you have a free weekend, let me know. (laughs) If you have a free weekend. Uh, Dayspring, what'd you think? So I went in so excited. I got a slushy. I got Skittles and I got a popcorn. I sat down. I was so excited. 90% of the movie, I was just happy. I was like, wow, this is fun. This is great. And then act three, I thought, and (laughs) much like what you said, Ryan, I'm like, can we do a second pass at the script? Like, just look at it where we land. But um, the post-credit scenes really did make up for me, you know, okay. the, the entire okay. film. So with the post-credit scenes, I walked away happy. I don't think it was the best Marvel movie, but I don't think it's the worst. Yeah. I do like it better than Multiverse of Madness. We're not here to rehash Multiverse of Madness, but <laughs> well, we can't make it about Wanda because I have a lot of notes about how gore is like Wanda. <laughs> um, I felt the same way, right? I felt I I see it getting a lot of like very. I, I feel like this happens with every Marvel movie, right? There are people like every new one. They're like, this one's the best one, and like. Eh. But like, also, I saw people being like, "This is the worst one," and like, definitely not. I no, yeah. I felt very much like, yeah, that was fun. I Every felt- time a Marvel movie has kind of a new vibe or does a different thing, there's two crowds of people. One crowd yeah. that's screaming really loudly that this is an abomination that like should not <laughs> exist, and the and another crowd of people that had a really good time and like understand in context what they were trying to do. And I've been on both sides of that crowd. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> within this franchise, yeah. this Thor franchise, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think this time around, the people who enjoyed it aren't shouting from the rooftop the reason they enjoyed it. But the people who disliked it are feel like it's that there are some things to pull away that they should really that the both the the franchise itself, like Marvel as an institution, but also just like Disney and stuff like there are some weird things. There's stuff in these movies that I think is troubling the way that I now everybody, nobody freak out. I love the Hercules movie. I love Hercules. I think it's a great musical romp. However, in the context of the Disney Renaissance, there were some worrying things happening in Hercules (laughs) from a creative standpoint that I think everyone could have maybe taken, you know, some sight of. And I think that this movie definitely had some stuff where I was like, oh, we just did this. 
we everybody here thinks they're a rock star and they can just walk up and do one mm-hmm. and done first take yeah. <laughs> um, yes. and it didn't feel it felt and i understand why the critical crowd is like hey don't insult my time and intelligence by just like having fun all right we're gonna be serious <laughs> when we go to the movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean uh, i don't know i mean ashley you're very into you're you're very in tune with the Marvel fandom. What do you think has been the consensus on this movie so far? Um, it's been pretty mixed on my timeline. Yeah. You know, I've seen people calling out the um, CGI, which mm. at this point has kind of like become verbatim for everything Marvel related. Right. So yeah. you could just kind of expect it to happen. But I, I can't, you know, I mean, even I have to say some of it was pretty bad. Like there's even a clip right now of Taika and Tessa looking at a photo from the, it's very embarrassing because he's the director and I love, I love him ding genuinely, but the clip does not look good oh, with no, even him it? realizing that Korg doesn't look that great. Um, oh, really? Like, yeah. There was, it's a clip that's going viral <laughs> right now. Um, this movie and, more than any other, you could tell that they were like, we got a really good back lot. We're going to knock this out in a week. Yeah. <laughs> and I was really trying to figure out, cause I'm like, Ragnarok had Hulk and I'm like, yeah. how do you have Hulk in a movie for an hour? Basically? Well, he was he was in his his actual Hulk form for much longer than we yeah. have ever really gotten him in any of the other movies, and he looked good for damn near all of it. I can't remember anything that really was like, uh, like, yeah, you know. He, and so I'm just trying to figure out how do you do that with Ragnarok, and then later on down the line, just say fuck it, whatever we get is what we get, you know. Um, so I mean, it, it I, that has been the main critique, and then outside of that, um, you know, it's it's been some. It could have been gayer. For especially mm. for the way that they promoted yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, two, yeah. Uh, I would have to say, I'm all for a comedy. I'm all for a romantic comedy. But if that's what you were going to do, I don't know if Gore was the right villain to yeah. pick for mm-hmm. Also, yeah. the mighty Thor storyline being like, okay, our rom com, oh, our rom com opens up with like a child dying, cut to cancer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it was really. I'm. I'm all for that. But like, if that's like, it's. Like you could tell, be all right. So Ragnarok is like for me personally, and from the general consensus of people who I've spoken to, seems to be the unanimous best Thor film. Yes, um, and I feel like because it was so well received, and because it was funnier than Thor one and Thor two, people maybe they took the they enjoyed the jokes thing a little too seriously. Because yeah. the thing with, with Ragnarok was as funny as it was in moments, Hela was still conniving in everything that she did. Yeah, yeah. she was still very yeah. scary. You know, even in her first entrance to Loki and Thor, like the conversation was very unserious, but then she just broke Thor's hammer. It's like, oh shit, we didn't know somebody could do that. Right. Yeah. Then yeah. when she gets to um, Asgard, the first thing she does is kill a bunch of people. And then she turns to her left and goes, I'm Hela. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's very funny, but also you just easily killed as guardians. Yeah. That's very scary. So it's like, yeah, the fun movie was funny, but also like at no point does anyone not take Hela seriously. Mm-hmm. Gore is such a perfect Thor villain, given the fact that like he's a god and this is a god butcher. It's like right. that's a great villain, but if that's who you're gonna go with, especially given the fact that he's driven by the fact that like his kid died, and then he and then he kidnapped kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a rom com with that villain was the right way to go. That's my big thing. 
I will say none of this movie would have worked without Christian Bale, who yeah. I always have reservations with Christian Bale. I don't know why. I never, I don't <laughs> dislike him. I, I you know, onset behavior <laughs> aside, <laughs> I, I don't well, have anything leak. to really hold against the man. I don't know anything about him, and he does a great job in movies. But every time I'm like, well, it's fucking Christian Bale. And then I was like, hey, hey, this is fun. There's a lot of inventive choices being made. It wasn't just like a um I really thought it could have easily been a Voldemort story, sort of like right. Redux. Yeah. Like you just kind of saw the sketches for the character and you're like, all right, I got this. I'll be a little yeah. like, I'll be a little like menacing. <laughs> I'll be a little silly. Um, but yeah. I think he really struck a weird tone and, and the like weird scenes where he chopped off the snake's head to yeah. entertain yeah. the kids. Like mm-hmm. bizarre, but only Christian Bale could really make it a cohesive statement and a cohesive character. And I thought that that was great, but Tycho would have really been in some trouble if that ha- element hadn't worked because a lot of the gore scenes as well as they were kind of shallow in the characterization, like the back, we just didn't have enough time. Um, yeah. Also, a lot of those scenes took place, as we were saying, in like a CGI floating crystal island. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, all right, first off, this place doesn't exist. Second, I've seen a hundred of them in this universe at this point. I <laughs> yeah. guess you're doing purple this time because we're like out of colors we've tried. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but it was just the most anonymous, like Super Smash Brothers space level, mm. like nothing, like whatever. Um I, and and so if the if 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 Christian Bale hadn't been doing like back breaking characterization work, it wouldn't have worked. But luckily he did. So great, thanks, Christian. <laughs> yeah, the, the the shadow realm or the shadow planet, whatever it was called, reminded me of very Libetite Prince slash Super Mario Galaxy <laughs> level, yeah. right? Um, I you know what for a rom com I'm gonna agree I didn't really think about it but a villain that could have worked for something like this would have been a proper enchantress perhaps oh yeah you know and I think that's what I was seeing on my on my DMs I'm gonna take on my end though in Power of X Men and our our small little community on the internet people enjoyed it they didn't love it it was mm-hmm. a solid like seven for most folks yeah and. I really I enjoyed Christian Bale in it. I love that his Batman voice slipped out a couple of times. <laughs> I am vengeance. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna get vengeance. <laughs> but my my audience really enjoyed it. I mean, the second Nicole Kidman came on to introduce AMC, we all erupted <laughs> in a thunderous applause. So you know the kind of audience we were in. Gay, and, right? Yes, gay. <laughs> yeah, and then when we saw Hercules in the post credit. Everyone erupted in cheers and gasped. And and my initial reaction was like, wow, people know who this character is. Because, <laughs> I mean, we know because we're fans right. of the comics and stuff and Marvel. But this is, for lack of a better term, a deep cut for most audience members. Mm-hmm. But they knew exactly who he was and they were very excited. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I it, Marvel fans are weird, right? Because like I am, I say this as someone who is a Marvel fan. I have a horror podcast where I constantly talk about how the mar the horror fandom is like very super toxic. Like I'm like Scream is my favorite horror franchise, one of my favorite movies. But oh boy, the fandom online is like bananas. Um, and Marvel fans are starting to kind of get there a little bit, where it's like, oh, you didn't like this, you're fucking ugly. Like, and it's like, yeah, oh, relax. Um, but like. You know, even, I mean, Ashley and I, we talk about this all the time, how, like, we both didn't love Eternals, and, like, one of the first comments on TikTok was, like, do you guys even watch Marvel movies? And it's like, yes, of course we fucking do. Ian, (laughs) Ian, Marvel is known for bringing back key 
popular things that that audiences loved and that had a lot of success last time of course they're gonna reboot bullying of course they are (laughs) (laughs) reboot bullying (laughs) but like it's uh, yeah i mean all i think that the movie there was parts that like completely didn't work for me and there was parts that did work for me but like it felt really, really disjointed. And I think what you said, Ryan, is very, like, the problem. Everyone just was like, I could do this in one take. And it's like, well, maybe we needed a few more. Like, yeah, and, like, <laughs> and like sometimes it's fun when we make up our own yeah. dialogue. Sometimes yeah. it's uh, it's not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, let, that's only a sometimes treat for us, Taika. And I kind of thought that if we had just let him lean on the mockumentary thing of it all, like, I saw some mm-hmm. people online finding ways to make excuses for it being a mockumentary. And I kind of think if we had leaned on that, he would have felt he would have felt like the fun and the jokes and stuff were taken care of and mm-hmm. then leaned more into the other parts of the movie that needed more work. But instead he felt the need to like make it as funny as he always does. And I think overthought the problem a little bit because there were so many elements and elements. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many elements of, of humor in the, uh, of like things that could be, be, good for making jokes out of like mm-hmm. oh we've got the goats oh we've got you know what i mean like lots of little things and memes and like jokes that could be running throughout the um m- runtime of the movie and we didn't even get to really use all of them like uh, there's a lot of stuff with the kids and i get it most of those kids if you look in the credits are like the children of marvel executives mm-hmm. uh, and that's great good for them i'm glad we're all having fun <laughs> at summer camp <laughs> but there was a lot of preciousness about giving each kid like a ch- time to be on screen but we didn't get to pay off a lot of other jokes that we spent a lot of time setting up um and i think that that was just them worrying that it wasn't going to be with all these sad things and children dying and stuff that it wasn't going to have the spirit that ragnarok had so they just kept shoving in more and more and that's why you get this sort of unbalanced feeling of like yes eventually they did balance it i think as mm-hmm. a movie but that's why it feels so disjointed and like weirdly shaped right yeah. like their storytelling doesn't hit traditional beats we spent a lot of time um we spend a lot of time in scenes that don't actually add much to the character development, which is fine because it's a comedy, but it, the, the scenes need to be particularly funny to be a whole reason to do them, you know? And yeah. I know that they cut this movie down from like four hours. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah. It was originally four hours, and it's, this is the theatrical cut. There's that, like whole Hulk sequences that we didn't even see. That makes sense. Huh. I, Ashley, did you know that? Uh, I recently heard it because Taika did something about someone asked him about a director's cut and he was like, he thinks that those are awful. Oh, um, yeah. Well, he's not well, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I was about to say, I was like, I don't disagree with him. Um, <laughs> so I do know that there's more out there. Um, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Cause like, so like, cause we have a good part of this, of the movie that's like taking place. Well, first off the fight that was at the new Asgard, I thought was, was great. Like them, even though, I know people have been picking up screenshots of like, again, the CGI not being all that great, but in terms of having Jane in new Asgard mm-hmm. and that's where we see her, her suit. Um, and also, but like, I wish they would have properly explained why is it that Mornair didn't call for Thor at any point for him to know that it could put itself together. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I took it as, I mean, it, listen, just like looking at the movie and not thinking about it too much. I was like, well, why didn't he, why didn't it go back to Thor? Why exactly what you just said? Why didn't it call to him? I just think it sensed that Jane was ill. And of course, we had that flashback scene. And where see, it's that like was protector. another thing. Because it's like, 
in the moment of watching a movie, when we see the whole he didn't know know he was, but he kind of inscripted on Monera to mm-hmm. protect Jane. But at the same time, I'm a little upset because I'm like, you just know that there's going to be certain people who are going to be like, she's not really mighty. Right. She was just picking it up because Thor told, told you know, Thor yeah. made mm. the hammer be able to, you know, and I'm like, she does. She's, she's, she's the mighty Thor. She's worthy. Um, like yeah. well, that's why we had that awesome scene where she was like, "Fine, if you can't say Mighty Thor, you could just say Doctor Jane Foster. <laughs> I'm accomplished yeah. just fine on my own. Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did. Know, yeah, I was just saying that. Like, you know, that was another thing that I mean, it was like it was it was I definitely odd with the rest of the theater when it happened, but it was one of those things when I look back at it, I'm like, mm-hmm. I could see someone trying to like explain it away, and I'm like, well, I don't mm-hmm. want anyone doing that. But then again, it's like you know, there's only so much you can do for someone who's going to be willing to do that, anyways. Right. But um. But yeah, like I, I, I liked that. Scene. But see, even that, like they were kicking his ass, and then he randomly started kidnapping kids, and like the whole like voice of it. I don't know, man. I'm like trying to. I think it was just <laughs> the voice. The voice kept going left and right. Yes. You know, yes. Like one minute it was like, "Oh, comedy, feel back." You know, chill out. We're oh, this is funny, ha ha ha. And the next minute it's like, "Oh, he's stealing kids." I don't feel comfortable laughing at this shit. Anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think what we needed maybe is the Christian Bale character was terrifying, but maybe we needed a little bit more iconography and a little less like grit, if that makes sense, like more mm-hmm. comic booky look so that we didn't think the kids were ultimately definitely going to be eaten and like bloody gore everywhere. Because that <laughs> is kind of what I thought looking at those teeth. I was like, all right, so he's going to eat one of these kids. <laughs> right. Um, and then that didn't happen. And I was like, okay, cool. But then I'm why'd yeah. you give him them teeth? You know, <laughs> I, I was really scared that like his way of sending a message to the gods were you didn't protect my child. Yeah. So, you know, eye for an eye. Like that's mm. what it started to look like along mm. the way. We were able to figure out really he was just trying to set up a trap so that he can get his hands on Stormbreaker. But like before we got to that part, I was like, oh, shit. He was like, y'all don't protect my kids. Your kids aren't going to be protected either. And right, I was, yeah. And, you know, it was to be honest with you, even. Yeah, I think my it's just like it's I really love this villain and I really just wish they had a different tone for the movie for him because mm-hmm. he is the perfect villain for what we've seen around the themes of Thor, like outside of the Avengers. Yeah. Like in every movie, he has these conversations with his dad about being a god, and his father's like, "No, we're not really gods. They we're really just aliens. The humans just call us that." And it's like, "No, you can literally control thunder and lightning. Like you, right. you can, like those are natural. Those are natural disasters. Like you can." <laughs> um, but then it's like you know, he, Gore had good points. Like that opening scene, I was rooting for. Yeah, him. I'm like this right. Guy, yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah, fucking kill him. Yes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but you could tell, like in with any good villain, it's like. All right, you made some points with the first one. I get why you chopped his head off, but now you've taken this out on right. others who you were never praying to in the first place. Um, we've gone left here, but that's you know just like you know Killmonger who made really great points about, say, about yeah. what Wakanda was doing, but then took it too far. Like that's what sometimes the villains that we understand do. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't think the voice of the movie was really allowing like that conversation around like we almost got to it in the god scene where they go to um wherever to to basically mm-hmm. recruit other gods to help them and what we learn is that even zeus himself is a is, is, you know they're a bunch of cowards right we want to have orgies and we want to party what are you talking about we have to actually work and help people <laughs> and i feel like as funny as that scene was it really could have been a moment for like the most serious we ever finally got to in that movie was when they finally got to the planet that gore was on and i do think some of those scenes 
should have been handled a little bit more seriously because that 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 is a conversation that that applies to you know realistic life about the fact that some of us are religious or at the very least spiritual and you know you're you're on you're on you're on like dust back alley doorstep and the person that you look up to is not helping you there was like a real serious conversation to be had there and it just like never happened because like i just have folks that randomly scream i think the marvel universe in general takes the selfishness of everybody as granted like as logical in a way that i'm just starting to sort of realize watching these movies and i think the pantheon of gods being incredibly self-involved is very um you know it's within the uh we are on a buffy podcast and it's within <laughs> right. the um vernacular of godhood i think but i think <laughs> you know the, the superheroes of the marvel universe are in, in in their own ways like a pantheon of gods obviously and mm-hmm. i think that the marvel cinematic universe has taken for granted just how self-involved and selfish a lot of these gods are especially um or and a lot of these superheroes are especially some of the um more modern ones like you get some of that like for god and country stuff from captain america Mm. and you don't get as much of that from like the younger new generations like we sort of take for granted and then we see these acts of heroism that they're capable of but they don't really marry the two like the day-to-day lives of these people these aren't selfless people (laughs) you know what i mean like in general (laughs) a lot of these people are not selfless these super powerful figures um and in their day-to-day lives, they're just like like Thor is a himbo. He's mm. an altruistic himbo, and he's a himbo who's learned to like surf. You know what I mean? And like he has a fire pit in his yard, and he'll invite anyone over. Um, <laughs> and that's cool. Those are cool traits. So it makes him standing up and and just re- discovering his heroism in each movie um, fit with his larger character. But I don't think it fits with everyone's larger character. I think that they want us to think King Valkyrie is a really great person, and I do think that she's a really great person. But if we were being honest, her character, especially her character as like a former military adjacent person who's become a politician, probably wouldn't be someone that we root for. Um, <laughs> and and I think that these movies want to have their cake and eat it too. And I think that that it, the lo- the logic and the like and the social logic of these movies, um, they don't make as much sense as like say. And I know that those movies don't make a ton of sense. That and I get <laughs> that there are people who are going to complain about the later movies, but the X Men movies. Hello, Day Spring. Um, have a little <laughs> bit more of a, a logical theory of 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 society and psychology yes. and like social interaction. Yeah. And I just I think that where we're really that the Marvel universe, like it's there, there. It's a it, there constantly is a, a universe ending catastrophe happening, and a, mo- the majority of these gods are like having meetings about whose nipples they're gonna lick. And yeah, you're right. <laughs> we don't we don't actually get a moment of catharsis about that. But it's because these movies are made from this. And I'm so sorry that I discuss this every time I'm on this podcast. But like from like a neoliberal <laughs> capitalist point of view, which is just like, well, of course I'm gonna be incredibly selfish, unless of course I really have to, and then I guess I'll choose between ultimate evil and. <laughs> And, you know, nailing myself to the cross. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, I don't think that that's the logic we have to live in. I, right. I just think the TV shows do a better job of creating these characters, like, and letting us live with them and letting them breathe and, like, having them make cohesive sense. And the movies, there's just these big events. And they don't really have time to service the characters in the way that they could if they did a four-hour cut. That well, actually is like, oh, go ahead, Ashley. I didn't say oh, no, that was oh. me. I oh, think go it was ahead. me. No, no, go ahead. Uh, no, the only thing I was going to say, just to piggyback off of what both Ashley and Ryan were saying, was 
that like I agree when I was watching this movie I'm like why are they going out of their way to save their gods you know I I know they're trying to get to the children but they want to save the gods and I thought it would be really clever if there was a line being like yes these, these are awful gods but they do spur out creation and if they die then creation no new creation gets it something stupid <laughs> like that irony that these children yeah. that they kidnapped yeah. in order to give us the the fucking motivation to even fight for these people um are the children of marvel executives who are essentially the gods of our <laughs> neoliberal capitalist hell yes, right is not, yeah, that's not lost on me it's not lost on me that marvel's working thesis of the universe is like the gods are inherently good also incredibly selfish and they're not going to help you but we have to save them and it's like <laughs> i don't think we do actually i actually Save think me. maybe we need we to start chopping to. some heads off or in the town square <laughs> <laughs> but that's why i needed some kind of logic behind why are we going to save yeah. the gods there you know I, and of course like the, their main motive is to rescue the children right like that's why they're heavily motivated but like yeah i just those guts were despicable and i think it was a lack of characterization ryan everything you just said times a thousand (laughs) well i mean like and it does right like i i was gonna say we're all faggots here excuse me ashley (laughs) but like three of us (laughs) are like honorary (laughs) yeah yeah um but like you know all of us like probably read the like greek and norse god stuff like it does track the way they portray the gods right like zeus talking about like well i'm more concerned about an orgy than whatever the hell you're here for that makes sense um but like yeah there needed to be like i don't know maybe we see that like that's zeus who thinks that but the rest of them are like oh we want to help or like it felt weird that they went there and all they got was that fucking like you know what we needed you know what we needed was more, and I thought this the whole movie, I wanted more killing gods scenes. I want yeah. creative mm-hmm. ways of killing the god of love, a creative way of killing the god of waterfalls, the creative that isn't <laughs> drowning. Like right. a creative way to do all of these things would have been such a cool montage and sequence. And that's the kind of thing that it requires multiple passes on the script to do. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't do that. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. That also, I mean, you mentioned TV shows. I also kept thinking... So like the this the fight scene in New Asgard, I will say this might be me being a nana. It felt I know the monsters are shadow monsters. So like no what everyone shut up about that. I know that they're supposed to be shadow monsters. It was very dark. And I like even though they're shadow monsters and they're supposed to be, I like had trouble making out what we were looking at most of the time uh-huh. with them, which I guess is in effect bad cgi but like i yeah, kept what being a creative like, way to save on your cgi yeah. budget to be like our monsters are unseen <laughs> and like, again, bringing it back to buffy ryan right it's like season one is like lit by a single candle so like it doesn't matter if it looks bad because you can't tell yeah yeah um and i kept like finding myself thinking can they up the brightness here like i just needed a little brighter but then like <laughs> thor Thor, both Thors would be like very well lit. So it was like clearly a like choice. Mm -hmm. Um, But also I found that the most intriguing parts were, I kind of was bummed that like Jane's story was so streamlined. Like it was like, yes, we see her have cancer. We never even discuss what it (laughs) is. She coughs once and then dies of consumption. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I, I mean, I mean, spoiler alert, but spoiler alert for the whole thing. But like when we got to the end and she died, I was like, well, she's not dead. And then I was like, oh, she is dead. I, yeah, I, glad, I was glad they didn't shave her head for the final scene because it wouldn't have made any logical sense to right. anyone who's ever experienced cancer. But <laughs> it would have, I, I obviously made great trailer fodder and I'm very glad they didn't do that. Yes. Same. Yes. And like, I, I also felt like, 
you know, it's we we see her in the hospital. We get that nice Darcy cameo, which I would have liked if we had Darcy. It was very weird. She only has like four lines and then that's it. Um, but I I I don't know. It felt like that happens. She gets that message from Dr. Selvig saying, I can't do anything. And then suddenly she's got the hammer and we're good. Like I would have liked a little bit more of for me, it needed to be more her story than it was his story. Yeah. And it felt like they tried to balance it, but they didn't. Well, do they, did, they, they didn't want to make a mighty Thor movie. They right. made a Thor yeah. movie and mm-hmm. they should have made a mighty Thor movie if that's what they wanted to do. But I will say I do like something I liked about this movie. I do like that it plays out like an, like a myth uh, would, mm-hmm. which yeah. is this like stuff just keeps happening. Like there are goats given mm-hmm. to him by this person. <laughs> and then he's got the goats pulling a boat, which was pulled from King Viking and or King Valkyrie. And then like, you know, you've got, um, You've got the hammer just who was embedded with his love, went to his love and transformed her. Like, it's like a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And I did kind of like that it was like a random mishmash of stuff happening from like a mythological fairy tale perspective because it makes it feel like an odyssey. Mm -hmm. Um, But we know these characters outside of an odyssey. And I, there should have, even though we didn't know Jane's character as well as we know other characters in the MCU, the character that we did spend time with, and when you watch those movies, does deserve more, I think, service to like, her I have cancer storyline, you know? Agreed. Right. It felt like we were a little too, like, flippant with that. Yeah. Cancer is not, like, a plot device. Right. I was just shocked that they killed her at the end of the movie. I was hoping she was going to stick around at least until, presumably, their next big crossover event, which would be Secret Wars, I believe it's rumor. I I was shocked. I mean, obviously, the ending leaves it very open. But I, I, and I, I pose this question to everyone here, I liked her as Mighty Thor. I had no qualms with it. That seems to be something that's contentious online. Some people think she was fine. Other people didn't like her. How did you guys feel of her as Mighty Thor? I I liked her. Yeah. Yeah, I like Natalie Portman, and she's always giving me Natalie Portman, so it was Mm -hmm. fine because I like Natalie Portman. But I could see if she just isn't for you, like if you're not charmed by her. That yeah. that is what's carrying the performance is that she's like a movie star, you know. I I don't know how y'all felt, but I the only thing I didn't like was they tried to make her a little silly when she mm-hmm. was Thor, and I didn't need that. Mm-hmm. Um, like how she can't couldn't land on a catchphrase. Like I, I felt like there were okay. So I need to say this before I go into this because I love what we do in the shadows is like one of my favorite shows. I think Tego Watiti's like vision for that show is like fucking fantastic. And I love it. I don't know that it 100% works in the Marvel universe. Um, Because I felt like a lot of the jokes didn't land. And like, that's a perfect example of a joke that required so much setup. So many, we came back to it so many times for ultimately not really a great payoff. And, And if it had been tied into her story of like, you know, I need a catchphrase. And then she has some big giant catchphrase that works in battle, but then later works for her on a cancer situation. It'd be right. like, oh, wow, that really hit home. And But they didn't have, they didn't write a phrase that they thought deserved or merited that amount of buildup. So then yeah. we had this whole storyline because the catchphrase device can deliver a lot of jokes, but didn't ultimately tie into anything. So it's just this weird thing that's like stapled onto the side of the movie and the character and it, that's just what this movie is. It's like a pile of stuff like that. And I don't necessarily hate all the stuff. It's just mm. not arranged as a way, in a way to mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, I, it's uh, funny because like, I mean, I know Thor technically has catchphrases, mm-hmm. but like, no, no, and I hope that Thor fans don't like take this like me, but like, all right. Like, so Tony Stark has, I am Iron Man. 
We know. Mm. Like, that's yeah. literally that last words going out. Captain America has, I can do this all day. You know, yeah. with Thor, it's like, we're not like. And that's fine. Know, and it is. So, but I say that to say that I just, I, I the the whole punchline, I need a catchphrase thing just didn't, I'm like. Thor is not known for a punchline, so why are they going in on you know? Like I can understand mm-hmm. someone who picks up Captain America's powers being like, I got to figure out something. This man's walking around talking about right. this all day. I got to show him off. But like, <laughs> what do you like? I, it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't tie into anything really for me. And then in the end, it was just something that she whispered in his ear that we were left out of. So it was like, oh great. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I had the same reaction. I was like, so we're not even going to hear it. It wasn't even something cute or like a little inside joke between them. I I don't know. I would have liked to have heard it. <laughs> yeah, it was like, just an opportunity for them to be to get that scene memed one hundred thousand times mm-hmm, across social mm-hmm. media of her whispering various different gay things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah I can start thinking of some now. <laughs> you know, I I forgot that we don't even fucking that she whispers to him because I really thought, oh, we'll go back to this in a minute, and then we didn't, and it was just like, okay, like. I, yeah. I feel like maybe they'll reference it in another movie, but like I won't care anymore, right? But I again, I love Natalie Portman, and I thought yeah. that the, the action sequences where I had a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. thought the fight scene stuff, I had a lot of fun. I, you know, I, 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 I am able to nitpick this because there was nothing that I was like, well, this was offensive, and I hated it. Like you right. know, it's a good movie. It's just, it, and- I think, I think it could have been more, it, a, like a woman with Thor's physique. And Thor's skill set and Thor's like aesthetic could have been such a cool moment for people to see on screen, and it was fun. But mm. it, they left a lot on the table that w- it could have been s- that it was saying. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, and like, I I found that like I just wanted more of like Valkyrie and Jane's relationship. I really liked, and I wish. I wish oh, we could have, right? I wish we, like, them when, like, Thor is, like, humiliated and naked and horny on the, like, the floor at whatever god city. And they both, like, are, like, mm, and, like, look at each other. I was like, this. This is what I like. Like, give me more of them objectifying him and, mm-hmm. like, them giving each other, like, best friend knowing looks. Like, I like that. And it felt like, I don't know. Like, I, it, it really bummed me out that Valkyrie wasn't there for the final battle. I don't understand the thought behind like, oh no, we can't have her for the final fight. Well, I think their thinking was like, well, we were going to have, we're going to have one woman. (laughs) (laughs) We can't have another woman because it'll take away from this feminism moment. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was so perplexing to me that Valkyrie didn't make it into that final battle. I, I thought maybe COVID, you know, since this was shot during the pandemic, maybe it was a COVID thing. I don't know. Or they just needed to give, airtime to thor and mighty thor i i agree with you biggest missed opportunity because the chemistry between tessa thompson and natalie portman uh-huh. was so incredible so electric it reminded me of that diet coke commercial of the two girls like objectifying the guy like the worker from the 90s <laughs> it was just so much fun i loved it so much i was i was very sad that we didn't get king valkyrie at the end she was my favorite character in the movie i thought she killed it yes i I was happy that, because hands up, I don't love Ragnarok as much as everyone else does, but I think it's because everyone kept saying it was the best Marvel movie ever, and then I saw it and was like, that was fine, um, mm. and like thought it was a little bit too bro-y for me, mm. um, but I was glad that I felt like she didn't have enough to do in Ragnarok, and I was glad in this she did. Um, 
But another thing I wanted to talk about, and Marvel does this a lot, and I feel like we've talked about this, Ashley, um, in Marvel stuff. I don't love when they set something up at the end of one movie, and then they just, it's a brief thing at the beginning of the next, and we shoot it away. uh, Right? Because like I like the idea of Thor on the, having to be on a team like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I like that idea. And we got the what? 10 minutes of... And it's so weird that every every scene the Guardians of the Galaxy are in is in the trailer. Why like, set something you know, up then not use it? It just right? seems like a waste to me. Like just don't don't come up with anything. Just yeah. wait What's till you know what the movie's going to be. If they wanted to do a romantic comedy, Thor with the Guardians would have made more sense. Yeah. Agreed. Going back, you find like, you know... Um, you find out Jane is sick and that she's, you know, she's Thor on Earth or something like that. Um, and so the Guardians go with Thor to to deal with this, yes. this level threat. Um, that they would have fit better in because the all the Guardians uh, movies are pretty on the funny, like, you know, they're yeah. I mean, it's that's James Gunn's they think, you know, yeah, like that's the tone. Exactly. And like they it never takes away from them being action built. I mean, even with um, the one with uh, Star-Lord's um, father where shit yeah. gets real and goes left real quick and there's like this dark, you know, moment, um, it's still overall, the film is still overall funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, it's even heartwarming at some point because we, you know, we see Yondu as Star-Lord's dad. Yeah. But like, it's overall, it's not like you walk away from the film like, God damn, that was dark. You know, it's still right. really funny. I really think for the tone that they were going with, more so having Thor be in a, in a team up like that would have made uh, more sense. And I think then it would have maybe off balanced Christian Bale's much darker performance mm-hmm. um, versus like, because that kind of comedy where people are still kicking ass is a lot different than like goofy shit, you know, randomly <laughs> like slamming into like, you know, this building or whatever, like to, for a laugh or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, I really thought they would come back in the end, didn't you guys? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you call them? <laughs> of all the things in the galaxy you need to come help and protect, rescue children, it should be at the top of their list. Yeah. Right? That, right? that doesn't seem like, a, oh, why are you calling us? Like, oh, okay, yeah. children have been kidnapped. You yeah. need help. Okay, great. That's Especially since the whole reason they split up was to deal with what was happening because it was mm. happening in different places. Exactly. So if... Thor is going back to New Asgard, understandably, because that's his home, and you guys are going off to the other planets because he has to deal with that. Then when you find out, hey, it's Gore doing all this shit, everyone should have came together and be like, all right, so what do we have to do? Yeah, um, yeah. And him going to a place for help from the gods, though I don't blame him for doing so, like, you know, worth a shot, he needed a team. So help mm-hmm. me to understand what was the logic of him not reaching out to the team that he just left. And it's, yeah. it's just weird that they had all of them and they did that with them, right? <laughs> But maybe yeah. that was the problem, right? Like you guys were mentioning, like maybe COVID, and it was like, well, we can get all of them together this one week. Knowing that this was shot amongst the madness of COVID explains a lot of things. <laughs> it really does, yeah. Um, I think it was one of the first movies after Shang Chi to go into production, right? Oh, Shang Chi, yeah. Spider Man, and Thor, and I think they were, you know, right there in the thick of still lockdown because I think Natalie Portman has said in an interview she had to quarantine for like 14 days and all that stuff when she arrived in Australia. Mm. I would love to quarantine with Natalie Portman for 14 <laughs> I mean, days. my God, me too. <laughs> She's like, no, Ian, stop asking me to smoke weed with you. 
I'm like, it cures COVID. There was a study. <laughs> Wait, I'm glad you brought that up. I brought that stupid thing up um, during the other recording. I was like, maybe I haven't gotten it because I spoke so much. <laughs> you <laughs> like, know, I know that's not true. <laughs> the true stoners in your life because they talk about that one study. <laughs> <laughs> no one had heard of it. So I was like, I promise it's a real thing that happened. I don't think it's true, but it did happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, and like, I, again, with like them introducing an idea, I really like New Asgard. That's the only full like Thor run of comics I think I've ever read was like that run where they're like on Asgard floating above wherever. To Ashley, Dayspring, Ryan, do either of you remember? I forget where it is. It's like Texas, Oklahoma, somewhere like that, right? I, I do Oklahoma. not remember. Okay. Uh, New Asgard is in Oklahoma. I love that that run. Um, yeah, that, really that run is fantastic. And I... I mean, granted, we're not done with New Asgard, but I would almost like a movie set there. TV show. Yeah. TV show. I do not believe that all of these... Mar- there are... I don't think... Marvel is deciding if things should be TV shows or movies not based on the content of what they're making, <laughs> but based on, like, the bankability of the celebrity they fucked. <laughs> Which is frustrating, because some of these things would be much better TV shows, and some of those TV shows would be much better movies, and... But the new Os- Asgard stuff would be really fun as a TV show. Right? Uh, like, uh, give me a Valkyrie TV show where it's like, yes. you know. Oh, my God, Headmistress Valkyrie. Right? <laughs> and, like, she has to deal. Like, I I loved the shot of, well, I forget. I forget what song is playing. There's, like, a good musical cue. And I think Korg is, like, narrating. And they're talking about whatever. And we see Valkyrie bored as shit. Yes. And, like some like meeting because she's the king and like that shit's interesting to me like this like badass super powered like woman who has to be the king who has to do like these boring menial political things that she fucking hates that's interesting right yeah, a, yeah. sitting on a tourism board is a very funny fate for her <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah and what did she do she did like a dr pepper ad or something but the one thing that really bugged me about king valkyrie's story was that I was going, I didn't read any spoilers for this movie as mm-hmm. opposed to like Multiverse of Madness where it kind of like peaked. But this <laughs> one I went in completely blind. But one of the big, biggest headlines about this movie was that King Valkyrie is going to need a queen. Mm-hmm. And I was yep. expecting it. So, you know, as you were saying, like this movie could have been Garrett. Yeah, why, did, why talk about King Valkyrie needing a queen if it's not even addressed? at all yeah. in this maybe it's in the four hour cut but <laughs> it is not addressed at all here and i just got really peeved about it i really wanted to see that to be honest with you i really when everything was getting announced and this is my own fault for setting myself up with different expectations <laughs> um but i definitely thought about Curry and um and uh mighty thor were going to become a thing and mm, you know that, that. valkyrie was going to have to like look you don't have to worry about you know asgard anymore we have a thor go off with the guardians and and do space stuff because mm. yeah until earth needs you and you and you need to be earth mightiest hero again basically right. because it's like we do still have our heroes who deal with the earth level threats um we got a fucking centennial's head popping up in the ocean <laughs> over there so eventually we'll need you but until then uh you know go off because he the, the whole embodiment at the end of endgame seemed to be that he was done here yeah and so i definitely thought that it was like, all right, Asgard's under attack. He's going to come back, but that Valkyrie and Jane were going to become a thing so that he could not have to deal with 
Earth anymore as someone who is not from here and who has always been also free kind of the of movies, Captain Marvel shit and dealing yeah. and helping other parts of the galaxy. I um, love that. So that's that's what I, I definitely thought was going to happen at the very least. I thought Valkyrie was going to be paired up, but the most we got was her kissing somebody's hand. And so for them to be all, it's really gay. I don't I, know. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. for all that it's really gay, they were like, hey, just so you know, my name used to be Astrid. Now it's Axel. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Like that, That's as queer as we can get. I don't know. I'm I, glad there's a trans person in, 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 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And clearly they're alluding to like, we're going to go somewhere with that later. Great. That sounds great. Um, let's go somewhere with that now. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not even I, entirely sure if Axel is is trans, because I also saw something that was saying that it may have to do with um, Taika's background as, as a child of immigrants. Yeah. Um, and his name, um, like he has, he, he uses what, both his mother and his father's yes. yeah. uh, last names? Because I, I read that, I read that too, Ashley. Yeah, Ryan, you're, because people were talking about that in our Discord server and like, they were going back and forth and someone did, I, it might've been Suara had um, like a link to something that was like, Oh, actually it probably isn't a trans thing. It's like, I think the fact in itself that stuff isn't be, like, it's not being said. Is right. the reason mm. Why we're able to walk away with this. Is that what they were doing? Right. Maybe, yeah. That's, 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 that's literally the problem. And it's, I mean, even going back to like low key where we just get this runoff of this is getting both. embarrassing. Like, <laughs> right. I, I mean, honestly, like I, even listening to us discuss it, like this is, this is so ridiculous. Like we should not have to ask for this. This is embarrassing. Right. Disney should be shamed. Like <laughs> I, for real. I mean, this whole, we didn't even get to the fact that this whole episode is basically the Buffy finale. <laughs> this, whole, <laughs> like, this whole chapter of the Thor story is basically just Buffy. And that's, <laughs> cool and fine but we got better representation on buffy right 25 years ago <laughs> couldn't agree more. the same company go fuck <laughs> yourself and like that's i go back and forth because like i it, i'm sure it's not taika watiti's fault i'm sure you know what i mean like of i'm course. sure this is this is bob chapik and his yeah. cabal of like you know terrible villainries or whatever but it's ugh. but i will say i do wish taika and natalie portman and everyone hadn't been like you said ashley saying oh my god this movie's so gay because like it's not it's not it's really not and like again i said this in our discord server i very much like in endgame i would have thought oh that's cute we have a gay character that's friends with steve rogers that tracks that's all i would have thought about that scene if they hadn't fucking jerked themselves off being like oh my god a first gay character is in endgame and it's like oh a nameless like character played by a director like give me a break it's part of a spectrum of things that are making me start to feel like lgbtqia pride and allyship and equality and like the basic human rights were a fun trend that straight people are now getting tired of <laughs> and I, I really feel this way i feel like they treated the the press cycle for this movie treated um queer people like they were gen z and they were like this is the most gen z movie and it's like no 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 uh, really not. Gen Z is, <laughs> is a group of people who are young right now, and that's a season that's going to end. The millennial season ended. The Gen X season ended. Like, I get it. Queer people are here to stay, and, like, we need you to stop acting like doing one-off little, ooh, that was the gay one, is, like, right. enough. Like, no, actually, like, some people are, are gay, and random, I need you to put that in your random universe. Thought, random thought, because now I'm having, like, a crisis, because I got <laughs> excited all week that we're, we are may be getting Jessica Jones back. <clears throat> I know. Uh, I know. Cause, oh God. Yeah, because what you call it? They're bringing. They're they're supposed to be bringing in Daredevil and Echo, and the, mm -hmm. the theory 
that's not just theory, but like some legitimate sources out there saying his whole purpose is going to be looking for Jessica. And now oh. this having this conversation, having me sitting here like, oh my God, all the uh, all the gay <laughs> that's in that show. I know. Mm-hmm. It's not going to exist anymore. Ugh. Like that's the only, you're right. That cause like she had that really, and like, I loved her set. I didn't love season three, but I loved the woman that played her secretary. And yeah, she was she, like, there's a trans character. Yeah. Call it, yeah. Which, uh, her, her, the lawyer was a lesbian. Yeah, her yeah. lawyer was a lesbian. Who would you call it? The guy he was he was gay. She, yeah, there were there was a lot of LGBT rep, and I'm just yeah. like, sorry, I know not. I mean, it's related to the conversation we're having in terms of like representation, right? Or completely but, related to Thor, but I just I'm just saying that they're not making me feel if if they kept saying so gay, so gay, and that was all we got in <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder. We're very much fucked. Well, I mean, I am, just, I am, I am. If they. If, if they're holding out to do X-Men for when they can be the gay X-Men, then great. <laughs> if they're not, I need them to just do bring gay people in via X-Men and I guess just don't release X-Men movies in China and cut it out of the budget. I'm fine with it. We just <laughs> need gay people. Like, this has well, to happen. This is ridiculous. I, I'm curious if that four-hour cut really does exist. Maybe there was some more LGBTQIA right. plus content. And Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson just didn't see the final cut or weren't privy to all of that at the end. I'm starting a rumor here now today that in the four hour <laughs> cut of Thor Love and Thunder, the Hulk does poppers. <laughs> <laughs> Valkyrie and Fuzzy and Thor, do, Thor does poppers. <laughs> Valkyrie and Sif have a hookup scene. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just like, right, because I would have thought, oh, cute, there are, they at least. You know, the when Valkyrie and Korg are talking, Korg does say, Oh, you lost your your girlfriend, and she does say yes. Yeah. And I was like, Oh good, I'm glad instead of just like Ooh, they looked at each other, we're like explicitly saying it because a thing on Twitter that I don't like, and I know I've said this so many times because I'm such a brat about it because me and my ex got into a fight about it. I fucking hate when people give Disney and Marvel credit. And they're like, well, that character's always been queer. Like we've always oh, and it's like, no, 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 that doesn't count. Like, no. That's like people being like Jessica Jones is lesbian coded. Right. Okay. Like, all right. Like, <laughs> cool. It means nothing. Like, I don't I doesn't mean anything. Right. Like Ooh. I I remember Ooh. the argument I had was like, well, Disney's always been gay. They always put gay characters in there as like a nod to gay people. Yeah, like, they'll strip mine us for content just like they will everyone else. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, but they're not they'll never say that character is gay. So for me, it doesn't no, count. Like it doesn't count. Ursula is not yeah. queer representation. Right. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. Seriously. Exactly. Don't insult me again. <laughs> <laughs> and like I was very big on like I Valkyrie if she's not saying it and we're not doing anything then she's not queer we can't just like no. oh, behind the scenes we say she's queer like that doesn't count no <laughs> so I was glad that we did get at least an out loud confirmation that she is queer but like if they hadn't been saying like oh this movie's so gay like I would have I think I would have been like oh cute we do Korg is gay but like okay the most gay shit that happens is a fucking rock hold hands with another rock like there should be a Disney Plus series where King Valkyrie got talked into doing a dating reality show because oh she God. needs a queen I agree that <laughs> is brilliant mockumentary style with a Taika Waititi who has been humbled by his Star Wars failure and <laughs> I'm just predicting okay and I mean he asked Natalie Portman to be in his movie, not knowing that mortifying. she was Padme. Mortifying. 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 How do you I not know that? into a ball and I was not enough K in the world. <laughs> um, I mean, there's no more K in LA. <laughs> I was just like, wow. Um, but yeah, I, Taika Waititi is somehow involved, maybe executive producer. We do a Disney Plus series where uh, there's a bunch of, of, of just 
lesbian representation. I want to see queer relationships. I want to see King Valkyrie taking ladies out on on dates that are mortifying because there are cameras watching them be awkward together. And then eventually it breaks out into action sequences and the documentary crew has a beautiful experience together and they cry at the end and someone comes out as trans. That's what I want. And if I don't get it, then what are you doing as a company? Like you're setting all this shit up. Give us some kind of payoff. You could give us one good Disney Plus series and keep us shut the fuck up for three to five years. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> it would have been cute if they did like a montage of her doing like a de- dating reality TV show and it has like She-Hulk, Jessica Jones and like <laughs> characters you would never have thought, you know, like Elena, you know, something like that. I would have loved that. God, you guys are brilliant. I love these ideas so much. Ashley, we we covering uh, Valkyrie's new dating show together? I mean, I would be here for it. I mean... <laughs> That would be one of those shows where I like act up when <laughs> press invites, and I'm like, no, no, no. You've actually only been inviting heterosexual people. I know you don't really do the background checks, but <laughs> you're gonna have to change it up now. So sorry. Um, Wait, so that can I ask you guys? Be- <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Sorry. Oh, um, were you saying anything? Oh no, no. I was just gonna ask, like, who do you think King Valkyrie should have ended up with? I really do. If, if, if we got a queen. I, I mean, if, if, I mean, personally, I think, I think Jane, I just, yeah, this is my thing with the whole, okay, several stuff here. One, I think really this movie was to give Natalie Portman a, a decent send off because yeah. at some point she just was straight up be like, yeah, I ain't coming back no more. Cause like, y'all yeah. not doing much with my character. This is a waste of my time, which I mean, fair. She was um, very vocal about that. <laughs> very fair. Yeah. And her uh, husband I feel like too. this was like all right, let's really actually give you a story here. And, you know, but it seems like maybe on some level, either she was done or whatever is that they're trying to do next. Mighty Thor doesn't fit in, which I don't think would make sense, but let's go along with that. Um, I I feel like at the very least, if it wasn't going to be Jane, then it should have been another fellow either as guardian or when we had that scene, when they go off to the place to see, to meet other gods, there should have been, even if it was a small subsection of gods, like, no, he's right. And the rest of them are just like, no, we're going to have an orgy tomorrow. You're fucking everything up. Like maybe <laughs> even then, you know, cause they didn't really bring in any like new people yeah. for us to like build any sort of relationship with, be excited to see them in the next film, except for the daughter at the end. So it was like, there's really no one else who's been here for the, for the majority of the movie that they, um, so yeah. it was either either a fellow as guardian, maybe even Heimdall's uh, former uh, wife, um, considering the fact that like you know Heimdall's son is now coming into his powers, and it's it's Valkyrie who's going to be training him along with the other kids. Right. Like there was a way to to fit. I mean, a, I'm saying a love story, but like when I say love story, I mean not just one around Jane and Thor, especially considering the fact that it was a love story that wasn't going to end in the mm-hmm. end. Like yeah. You should have had a love story that actually made it all the way through and not like the random Korg with a rock we haven't met yet relationship, which was the only relationship that was still standing when the movie ended. Yeah. I'm just realizing that. I thought, you know what? I, I thought it was going to be Sif when... Dayspring, uh, uh, that's literally... I just want you to know, you can continue, but I was just going to interject. You know, I wouldn't have been mad if it were Sif. That's what I was mm. literally just about to say. Continue. Well, I think just from the story... No, no, no. I'm so glad we're on the same page. I just... Like from the story perspective, I was like, oh, she's there and she survives. And like, I thought it would have resolved itself at the end and not have been a bigger storyline. They would have just had her there. So that's it. That's the only comment I would have made on it. 
given the movie exactly what, what you were saying. I think King Valkyrie and Nebula should have had an on and again, off again, passionate. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that friend frenemy relationship. But King yes. Valkyrie and who? A Nebula. Okay. Yeah. We should have. We should have. Um, we should have uh, dotted that I or crossed that T. That would have been fun. Okay, because right. Also, I. It was weird that we. I mean, I'm glad that. I. I a big thing with me about Ragnarok is I always felt like we didn't address the fact that all of Thor's best friends were murdered and like all those like family he had, like everyone was murdered and it felt like we didn't really touch upon that till like Endgame, um, a little bit. And I kept thinking like Thor never says even the names of his friends. And Lady Sif was like his like ride or die in those first two movies. And then we just never see her. And then like he gets a call from her and I was like, wait, so has he known she was alive the whole time or like, yeah, like what? That what? Yeah. yeah, because it seemed like he wasn't like he wasn't really like, oh, my God, Sif. Like he was just like, oh, Sif's in trouble. Oh, her arm was chopped off. And then we like, you know, see her again at the end. And it, I mean, it's not even that I'm that in love with maybe Sif. That, it's just, maybe that is part of the Odyssey, like just bumping into people, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, feeling of it that I did enjoy because I didn't think about that to now. Yes, it is a plot hole, but I kind of like the idea of like Thor just bumbling around the universe, running into the same people over and over again. but uh yeah i wouldn't be mad if because like we haven't really done much with her since like the second movie and i wouldn't be mad if it was like ooh, her and valkyrie are now like that would be i think that would be a pairing that would work really well they're both like badasses Mm. um yeah i'm trying to think of any other characters that had random appearances that we didn't uh discuss other i feel like there's gotta be more (laughs) what was it i I was saying mantis there but i was just trying to be yeah the guardians of the galaxy is still so weird um i Okay, let's talk about the end. So we get, like, he kills, well, he doesn't even kill him, right? I didn't quite understand. It's like, the mention of love, Gore is suddenly like, oh, I give up, you're right, love. And that felt, like, really stupid to me. Because he was, like, a pretty brutal villain who's, like, capturing children and murdering animals in front of them. And, like, it felt very, like, what? That's it? And then immediately after Jane dies, and I was like, what? Like, what is going on with this ending? And then we got Thor as a dad, and I really thought that was stupid. I like the full circleness of, like, bringing, of Thor adopting someone as an Asgardian who has, like, powers in this way. Like, it was like Loki, you know? And it was, like, mm. it, it was a worthwhile thing that I did, even if, like, things went very poorly for me. Um, like, <laughs> it's a worthwhile thing that we brought this person in and that we created a family and stuff. And I got that. I just didn't think they earned it, and, like, the dialogue didn't end up. Yeah. Yeah. It would have made it. even more sense if Gore's actual motivations this entire movie was to bring his daughter back. But they never yeah. focused yeah. on that. Yeah. The entire time was just kill all the gods. Um, and I think it would have made more sense if it was more so the gods getting, you know, left-handed because they're getting in the way. Um, but they made that his true motivation. Yeah. And then randomly at the last minute, like, yeah, if you can make a wish, you know, you could just wish your daughter back instead of <laughs> instead of this, you know, that's a that's an option. He's like, no um, shit, really? Really? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> um, and for a minute, I even thought that he was going to switch it up and wish for Jane to be not have cancer because yeah, yes. I thought that too. Daughter. I thought that too. Yes, um, yes. Because I was like, you can't be with her anyways here. Right. So right. you know, it's like you did all of this, then decide to bring her back. You can't even be with her. <laughs> I like, thought he was going to be like, I'll let you have Jane because. Like, uh, yeah, I, I my see. daughter's life is over. Like, everyone she knows is gone. But, like, Jane, I'm you dying. have this beautiful She's life. Gone. 
Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense that you have to go through what I just went through that made me, you know, go down this, this vengeance path. Right. Um, so that, that kind of threw me off a bit. My, my thinking when I, when I saw his ending ended up being that he basically becomes a dad, even though he goes by uncle Thor is that they seem to be very, um, it seems to be necessary at this point to link all the Avengers to some sort of protege mm-hmm, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And maybe that's me side eyeing and, and having these theories in the back of my head. But at this point, um, you know, uh, uh, Steve has passed the shield down to um, Sam, uh, what you call it. Um, we know Ironheart is around the way, but even then, you know, Rhodey on some level is, is Iron, as Iron Patriot is going right, to, yeah. you know, be doing things that Iron Man would probably have been doing right now. Um, Hawkeye has Kate Bishop. Uh, Elena is now in the fold. So I'm getting this inkling of, okay, um, you know, is is it maybe that they're trying to into every generation a slayer is born? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, bring bring in well, somebody who could you know have some linkage to Thor when he's he's done and, and over with in terms of being right. a hero. Um, that's what my thinking was, but I will admit that it was just a weird thing to like throw into the last 10, 15 minutes of the film when like to be quite honest, Gore. I mean, he's been talking about his daughter, but not in a "I want her back" way. In a yeah, exactly. I would throw you all on my way out type of because way. Because of so her, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was it was weird to see that being the ending when like there's been no mention of any real motivation to have her back. So right, I agree. And I was sort of thrown off with the end. First of all, I was so excited when they alluded to eternity. I didn't think we were actually going to see eternity. Yeah, I'm such a big fan of the character. When we saw him on screen, I got so excited. I was really happy for it. So shout out to Eternity being there. I hope Cosmic <laughs> Marvel is going to be amazing. But so when we saw her reflection and she had like, she was imbued with like Eternity, I took that as a reference to Singularity from A-Force where Ooh. she has like, like cosmic dust and the wavy hair. So That is how I, she looks, yeah. I, I didn't know because I'm not a huge Singularity fan after the Secret Wars A-Force book. I kind mm. of did not follow along. Well, I don't think she's been in much, right? I don't think she's, I don't think she's been in yeah. much either. So I, is she supposed to be Singularity? Is she like an MCU adaptation of Singularity? I don't know, but I thought she looked cool. I'm excited for her, but I really feel that I don't know. It just didn't land for me. And I kept thinking like, oh, maybe it's because it, they didn't give that enough time to flesh out in the movie or they didn't allude to it. Again, maybe in the four hour cut they did. But, you know, we did hear about Thor going from, you know, dad bod to god bod and how there, there was this one line I liked a lot where they look at Thor and they're like, he would be a good dad. And I love that idea that typically they would say that about a female character, but now they're saying it about Thor. And at the end, he does become Uncle Thor, Dad Thor, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it still just didn't land for... I just didn't like it. I'm yeah. like, I don't... Maybe it was it the body did. shaming. That Marvel <laughs> yeah. is just flaunting the fact that it can put people on steroids <laughs> illegally. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. They were really very much like... There is one kind of good body that everyone should have, especially men. Men in the audience, if you don't have body issues, you should. I was like, interesting. That's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird takeaway at the end of the movie. Yeah, I, 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 I think maybe you're right, Day Spring. It just like for me, it wasn't earned. Um, because yeah, like uh, it's cute enough. Um, I think also we didn't spend enough time with that little girl. Like, no, she didn't really have any lines till yeah. the end, and like she just died in the beginning and like sure that's sad but that's not enough for me to be like yes i like this character you know what yeah, i mean there's like, lots of unpleasant little girls yeah yeah <laughs> like, um yeah and so that felt 
really, I mean, the end felt very abrupt to me, right? And I I want to make sure I tell you days, right? I I really, I also was like, oh, cool. Like Eternity looked really cool. Like I was so excited. Oh, yeah. I was so, like I literally had a fangasm right there. We, you know, we did talk about how some of the CGI is is rough. And like Ryan said, it does look like they had one warehouse and they shot everything in one warehouse. But the things that look cool looked very cool, right? Yeah. And I did think that whole room where it had like, eternity the living tribunal and the watcher like as statues behind them like the mm-hmm. I, I don't even i don't even know what the fuck that room was right it was like where the gate was to bring them to eternity uh, i don't really know what that room was but mm-hmm. i like i thought that looked cool it was cool that we had those statues in the background it was cool to get the watcher referenced in you know a non-cartoon mcu thing um i i thought the when they were in the god city it did look cool it reminded me of the Star Wars like Senate meetings from the prequels, but like not as dumb. Um, like I was like, "Where's Yoda? There's got to be a, a little bit of Yoda sitting somewhere in here." Um, I kind of, and this is me being an annoying Marvel person. I was hoping there was a little bit of Easter eggs, but I don't think there, there was. No, there this wasn't. isn't Marvel Easter egg, but there was at one point they said the God of Carpentry, and we didn't see him. And I was like, "It's <laughs> Jesus Christ." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hysterical. I didn't pick up on that. We, we did see the Celestials for like a brief yes, second when they crashed through the nice. wall. Yeah, that was cute. But I agree with you. Why didn't we get more Easter eggs there? I was like, ah. Mm. Cause like, right. We have so many, we have, we have so many of them in the Marvel comics. Like I had, I will say my first thought, which I don't know if this was spoiled for any of you, the Hercules reveal was not spoiled for me. So I wasn't wasn't expecting it, but when they went there, I was like, Oh, cool. Are we going to meet Hercules finally? Cause like, you know, he's been such a big part of the Avengers in the past that I was like, that would be cool. And then I found myself a little bummed that we didn't, but then I was glad we did at the end and what that guy's from Ted Lasso, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's Ooh, from Ted that Lasso. That man looked good. Like, Oh, he, oh, yes. Delectable. Oh my God. Delectable. Which I was I like, do, yay. I do want to talk about how horny this movie was because this movie was very horny. And I, I, I'm like, is it just cause they're all hot or is it written horny? Like I couldn't quite tell. I think Taika Waititi is very horny and that just <laughs> seeps into the foundations of every part of the film itself. Because I gotta say, like, I know we knew it was coming. I was so glad his butt was not blurred out. But I was about to slide out of my seat when he's like angry and flexing oh and God. naked. I was like, <gasps> his yeah. body <laughs> should medically not be possible. Right? It is insane. His arms are insane. <laughs> they don't make sense. <laughs> it's crazy. It is nuts. <laughs> and like, so even like I thought, and then that led to, which was my favorite fight scene when they're fighting all the like Zeus's minions and they're like mm-hmm. bleeding gold. I thought that was fucking oh, awesome. So cool. And then seeing Chris Hemsworth covered in all those gold splotches, I was like, come here, I'll clean you up. Yeah. I thought the same thing, Ryan. I thought the same exact thing. (laughs) No, honey, I'll do it for you. It's okay. (laughs) Run my fingers through his beachy waves. Just just stay in the toga, please. (laughs) Uh, Ashley comments on horniness. (laughs) Um... I mean, we could have seen Chris Hemsworth's butt for a longer time. Yes. Yes. Like, showing that we got it for, yeah... Um, that was mostly it. I mean, I'm not gonna. I literally I'm not trying to say that was the only reason I went to see it, but in terms of why I went to see it opening day, sure. I really was like, because you know they blurred it in the commercial, obviously, understandably. But I was like, they're not going to. They're yeah. not. And then they did, and I was like, I mean, well, 
isn't it kind of fucked, they, fucked up? They would rather show nudity before they finally give us a gay scene. Ain't that right? Crazy? I know. Yeah. I know. Like, random thought. Like, wow. Because well, that's I two birds, one stone right there. Because you know, they, they edited out Tessa Thompson licking the sword. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I wanted just as much as I wanted the butt scene. So <laughs> that was upsetting. So I was just like, so when I found out that that didn't make it to the movie, I was like, oh, they only gave us. They only gave us like a snippet of his butt in the trailer to get us there. They're not showing it. And then they did. <laughs> I mean, commend you for that. Um, but still, you know, you could have done a little bit more with yeah. that. Uh, you know, I I think it might be Taika Waititi's writing and Tessa Thompson's acting. But I, a thing I loved about her Valkyrie is like, and again, I am annoyed that we didn't actually get the queer stuff. But I was, I loved that, like, I did love that. All of the people behind Zeus fainted, not just the ladies. I was like, surprised mm-hmm. Marvel let them have, you know, men be shocked about how hot he the is. The men fainted in a slightly different way. And I was like, oh, so this is so that they can say to some board member at some film, whatever, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, they were overwhelmed by his <laughs> broness of his awesome, you know? I also liked that they gave a little scene of Chris Hems of Thor, but also Chris Hemsworth, like, basically being all... No, I was just nude and I enjoyed that. Like, you know, like a, for anyone <laughs> yeah. who's all, oh, it's okay if men are objectified. It is okay for anyone to be nude as long as they are comfortable. Right. Female yeah. 100%. Female actors <laughs> traditionally, when they're pressured into that, it, they are pressured. That's why 10 right. years yeah. later, when they finally get a position of power, they look back at those films and they're like, actually, I hated every second of that. Yeah. 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 And there's also the whole society's pressure of the course of a lifetime. Exactly. Things look very different in context. On this film, he's literally in a position of power to walk in and be like, I want to see where my ass is shown on. Yeah. Literally a god showing off his god ass. (laughs) 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 Calling Chris Evans America's ass. I need to prove myself right now. Yeah, he said, I'm the ass of the celestial <laughs> being, motherfucker. Ryan of God showing off his God ass. <laughs> You're a poet, Ryan. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, I, the thing I did like, again, I, I liked that Valkyrie kissed the hand. Again, if they hadn't said it's so gay, I would have liked it more, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, Tessa Thompson's so good. Like, I almost want her in what we do in the shadows so she could get to like deliver more of like oh my god these lines right a season of her as the villain in just one scene an episode of what we do in the shadows would right? truly change <laughs> everything oh she my would god. be she would be so good at it and like i could imagine her whatever vampire character she's playing walking in and like all of them have crushes on her <laughs> it's morbius the living vampire <laughs> <laughs> but like she's really good and i love that she's like she has like eyes where she's like always giving you eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I love that. I like, I like Valkyrie is very much a character. I feel like all f- knowing the three of you, like all four of us, like we like that kind of right. Cause she's like a little bit shitty, but she's still a badass. She's still she's capable. She's well-rounded. She's yeah. a 3d person. She, she doesn't is. exist just to be like, women can be strong. Right. <laughs> well, have you seen her hot ones interview? Yeah. I, I just saw it this morning. Mm-hmm. She was so funny, affable in it. Like, well, I'm like, I want her front and center in the MCU. Yeah. And, and in terms of her eyes, it's so funny that you said that because I was thinking she had Patricia Neal eyes right like she's so i don't know who that is oh she was just an actress from like the like the 30s okay but like she just acted with her eyes Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what tessa thompson does she's such a phenomenal actress likable human everything i just want her in everything oh Mm. completely underused in this again we'll we'll cite our act three grievances but i will say though because i thought about you know Natalie Portman dying. I was like, yeah, she just wanted to come in, do the cancer storyline, and then leave because it was such a powerful role. 
But I think her rapport with Valkyrie and how they were sisters, how she reminded her of her fallen sisters, and at the end she ends up in Valhalla, they could be setting up the Jane Foster Valkyrie story as well for one day that they can renegotiate with Natalie Portman. And <laughs> and I would like that idea of her coming back and doing a team-up with King Valkyrie, mm-hmm. maybe on a Disney I love the like idea that. of, of yeah. a Jane Foster in Valhalla. That needs yeah. to be – that's a web series right there. <laughs> Those are webisodes. Little scenes where she's like, okay. (laughs) She's here like, well, on Earth, I'm Dr. Jane Foster, and I deciphered the secrets of the universe with Neil deGrasse Tyson. And Meanwhile, some dead is floating upside down, 69ing, like, cool. (laughs) Cool. Here's some beer, bitch. (laughs) This dead guy, 69ing. Yeah, I mean... And I will say, I, I forget who said this, but I did have like four or five people DM me to be like, so it kind of had elements of Buffy at the end, right? Oh like, my yeah. God, it's so much Buffy. I, <laughs> I sat there thinking, this is one of those things that I'm going to bring up the rest of my life and people are going to go, oh yeah, it kind of was Buffy. Or it's going to be the headline when we walk out on Twitter and I will not have had an original thought. And <laughs> frankly, I think we ended up somewhere in the middle because I don't think everyone really, I don't think it clicked with everyone. But when you see how much Buffy is in this movie, you can't unsee it. Right, yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, I, there's whole like, shots in that final sequence that I'm like, oh, okay, all right, so we just we, we fell asleep in front of the TV and then woke <laughs> up and did this. Okay, cool. Right, and like, it's weird. Like, I mean, I know I say this all the time, but like, it's very weird how like I felt Stranger Things finale was very influenced by Buffy as yeah. well. Oh, I agree, one hundred percent. And like. It feels like we're getting a lot of things that feel influenced by it. even, and I can even buy like, uh, I, like I think of uh, Sabrina and one of the writers telling me actually the showrunners never watched Buffy, and I was like, what? The show feels so Buffy, but like I can believe that Buffy is so ingrained in pop culture that maybe you can like write yeah. something influenced by it, but like not. Know I the think original. this in, this movie in particular. A, a few key crew members have seen the Buffy finale. Okay, they have. There's no convincing me otherwise. But yes, I do believe that in general, it has. It is so ubiquitously loved mm-hmm. by the people who make stuff like this that, of course, it's going to sink in, just like Harry Potter and Star Wars right. and all those things. But I do think what's frustrating is sitting there being like, and Disney can't even fucking right. do a good HD transfer. <laughs> <laughs> Not even yeah, not even just do a new <laughs> show. Like it, we are paid dust. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, I am so sorry how often you have to listen to all of us mention Buffy on this podcast. <laughs> okay. I'm really um, grateful you guys are talking about you just keep using the word Buffy, so I know that's what we're talking about. Because literally <laughs> once you stray away and say any other character, I'm I'm done. I'm, I'm very lost. Um all right. Uh does anyone else have anything they want to talk about or are we gonna wrap this up? Um, not really. I mean, I just, I feel like, though, I will say it looks like Thor is going to be here for a while. And like the rest of the Avengers, except Mm -hmm. maybe like Mm -hmm. Hawkeye, um, because Hercules is a very Thor centric. Yeah. Uh, I mean, eventually he, he joins the Avengers. Um, but you know, he's, he's been sent off specifically to go after Thor. Um, so my only thinking is just what they're going to do next with the, you know, because like Black Widow has has been replaced. Um, Iron Iron Man that story is is being centered around getting someone into where his place was. Um, we know we have Sam for Cap. Uh, even even technically for for Hawkeye, even though I think he's going to be around for a bit, we do have Kate Bishop. 
And so the last two OG uh, Avengers we have is Hulk and Thor. And so even with Hulk, we have She-Hulk coming in. I mean, I hope they do more with Mark Ruffalo just because like they haven't done all that much. But yeah, my only thinking is just what I mean. And I mean, Chris Hemsworth has said like he's down to just keep playing them, which is like fun yeah. for the sake of like. Great for everybody. The longest, the <laughs> longer time. we can keep the Chris Hemsworth thing going in for stasis real, real, as a society, real. great. Just a little bit of familiarity, <laughs> but also I don't want people getting too like attached to him to a point that's like what they're doing with like Chris Evans right now, where he's trying to do new projects and every time he like right. promotes light years. Like, so when are you gonna be back for Captain America? It's like the man was there two, three years ago. Like it's, it hasn't been that long, give it a rest. So right. but yeah. And so. let's stop disrespecting the new Captain America, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I do agree with you. I do think it seems like Chris Hemsworth really has fun. Yeah, he doing does. it. Um, so like he must would... just be. Oh God, I love that man. That's my husband. <laughs> I've never met him, and I will, and I will never. And and but if I did, we would be spouses, and that's beautiful. I love him so much. <laughs> I think about him just bounding around the set, being a big dope, and then just shooting things. And I'm like, God, he's just. I love that this is happening. <laughs> he's just. He's like a puppy. He's like a big giant, muscly puppy. <laughs> I wasn't. I was never attracted to him before. In fact, um. One of the San Diego's pre-pandemic, I want to say it was like 2016, I, he passed by me in one of the alleyways. He was on his way to like the EW party with Trisha Helfert. Now that I stopped her for. But um, I saw him and I didn't really recognize him. And I just like walk, walked past him. And then I saw like Willa Holland and like Trisha Helfer and I went insane. But in this movie, I was like, he was he was really hot. I, he man. just did it for me in this movie. That's a very beautiful man, if nothing else. I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe that's also why they don't care too much about what they do with a Thor movie, because it's like, well, Damn. just, you know, I can, when it gets to Disney Plus, like, if it was really that bad, I would just watch on mute. It was good, though. <laughs> it was bad, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch it again. I will say, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans are the only men my mom and I can meet in the middle on people. And be like, <laughs> yeah, they're hot. Like, every, them and then my, my, my ex-boyfriend that she loves, John. That's it. And everyone else is like, we're disagreeing on, but like, she asked me how the new Thor was, and I was like, well, he's really hot. And she went, oh, give me a break. He's a goddamn hunk. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, you know, well, Ash- I mean, Ashley and I both are Chris Evans forever, but Chris Hemsworth also is hot. <laughs> well, Chris Hemsworth had like a major turning point in his career when he did Ghostbusters. And people yes. were like, oh, he's actually funny. Yeah. He doesn't need to play this very serious, stoic god. You can actually flex some comedy muscle there. And I think it has served serviced him well. So if he wants to be around for a little longer, I'm happy with it. You know, as as, as you were saying, as long as it, it doesn't become obsessive like with Chris Evans, but I'm happy with him. I, and I was happy. I'm happy with the movie. I'm okay with the movie. I won't mute it when it's in the background, but it's <laughs> not. I, I don't think it's like I didn't. I didn't have the excitement going into it that I did for like Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. But I think it's better than Multiverse of Madness, but I don't need to see it again in theaters mm. right now. Yes. I think my, o- my my only real complaint with the movie, I think, at the end of the day, is that Chris Pratt was in one scene. And, <laughs> <laughs> and to me, that's enough to, to, to give this movie a solid B. And that's it. <laughs> All right. So uh, real quick. Favorite scene. Dayspring. I liked it when Valkyrie had Zeus's Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. I just love the visual of it with her blue cape and that electric lightning in there. I thought she kicked ass. She looked incredible. Very happy. So that that to me was like the peak of the movie and why I, I loved it. That's fair. That's fair. Ashley? 
Um, honestly, and I know I've been seeing some some scenes that I mean, some tweets that's all, oh, this this was so unserious. But I love the kids getting Thor's powers um, for a little bit, um, and like they pick up random items and seeing uh, the little girl with her stuffed animal. Yeah, and she goes, ah! so it's hysterical. And there's just thunder coming out of the the, <laughs> the, the um the stuffed animal's eyes. Um, I feel like sometimes us adults who love Marvel and like, yeah, it's not just for kids, but like on some level, you're supposed to be able to take your kids to this thing. Right. And I know that like, you know, scenes like that where it's like, I remember being a kid with, with all my Avenger action figures. I had more X-Men at the time, but still I had, you know, <laughs> in like something like that, if I was circa, um, you know, 10 years old again, would have made, would have made me feel like I could be in the it could be in the movie, even though really yeah. it was it was the kids of, of really ultra rich adults. But still, <laughs> um, I really like that scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, uh, Ryan. The first fight scene where there's a, a conflict in New Asgard and we get introduced to Mighty Thor is so fun, and I loved how much tension they were able to create in the middle of a battle when he's like god level powerful. Um, by having, you know, vulnerable people around and also the mystery of who is Lady Thor or whatever that was happening. <laughs> and I thought that was um, that was fun. And uh, I thought that was really the energy center of the movie that kind of powered the thing throughout. Yeah. So. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think my favorite scene was everything at... God, what the hell was the place called where the gods lived? Oh, I forgot where... Uh, I, I forgot the name. Oh, fuck. I keep wanting to say, like, Oblivion City or, like, Eternus City or... Ambrosia yeah, Town. Like <laughs> yeah, something. I don't know. Some <laughs> shit. But, like, that the the fight... But Thor getting naked made me very horny, and then I really liked the fight scene. I thought it looked very cool. Like, I, thought, I just thought it looked cool. It did. The fact that, like, those, like, guards bled gold and the, like... Yeah. The, like, visuals of them being covered in... Uh, gold and I was upset when I thought Korg died like I, I gotta say like that emotional I was like oh no the like sweet rock man um, I was like a little bummed when we thought he was dead for a second um, Marvel already used that trick on um, <laughs> I am Groot and frankly I was a little bit like I saw that and I was like they're gonna bring him back immediately oh there he is all right <laughs> fair um, what grade do we give this movie Dayspring I think I think a solid B. Okay. Solid B. That's fair. That's fair. Ashley? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I maybe lean a little bit more to B minus. I also just wanted to say uh, honorable mention to us getting a cameo from Idris Elba um, as Heimdall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't think he would ever come back because he was very, I, he was I also mean, vocal. He was actually one of the few stars, characters who I say had like the best, a, a great ending in the terms of like, mm-hmm. you know, every, you know, it, he, he used his last bit of might to get Hulk to Earth and and protected um, yeah. who he could. And like for someone who has been in the MCU since the first Thor movie, and though I wish we could have gotten so much more from him, like that was a good arc where even though you want more of him, you get mm-hmm. you have peace with how he went out. And like yeah. to be able to see him without messing up his MCU story once more was 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 really nice. Yeah. Oh, that was very beautiful. I, I would agree with that, Ashley. Yeah, that that's true. It doesn't mess up his arc because like, he is still dead, but... It's like we know he's in peace and that he's clearly still looking over his son as well to know that Jane mm-hmm. was looking after him while she was on Earth. So it's like, all right, okay. You're, you're happy up there in, uh, in MCU heaven while you now have a DC role. <laughs> it, was, it was nice. Um, um... Did you also give a grade, Ashley? Now I can't even remember. Yeah, I did. I said solid B. B-. Oh, right, you did. Right, right. Um, Ryan, what grade do you give it? 
Um, I was going to give it a B minus, but we got to see my chunky boy in montage, Fat Thor. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, if there is any, if there is a Valhalla, it will be me laying down at the end of a long day with my husband, Fat Thor. And that <laughs> will be a beautiful moment after I die in battle. Um, So I will give this a B just for them, including him. And in any other Thor properties where Thor exists, you have to give me one shot. That's the deal I've struck with Marvel here today. So <laughs> I give it a B. All right. Uh, I think... I think I do be minus, I think. Um, but again, like, I, it was okay. I don't understand the, like, I Marvel movies tend to do this, right? Where it's like people feel very strongly one way or the other. Like, uh, I, yeah, it was fine. Um, it wasn't, I, I agree with what you said, Dayspring. Like, oh, if, like when it goes on Disney Plus, maybe I'll put it on while I'm cleaning and I would yeah. let it play, right? Like while I'm cleaning my room or something. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that kind of movie. That's like fine. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's not us like discrediting it. That's like a, f- a perfectly valid, like perfectly like fine movie to have. Like, oh yeah, I would watch that while I'm cleaning. Like, okay, yeah, that's fine. It, it's not nobody. I I I didn't immediately call my brother who loves Marvel movies and be like, hey, let's talk about this. I texted mm-hmm. him and said like, you're gonna see Love and Thunder, and he said, yeah, next week. And I was like, cool. And that's the last time we'll talk about this movie, and that's fine. That can be a movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had a good time at the movies. I just think as trends go. I think it would be good if we all regroup after this one and say like, hey, let's put a little more effort on the field next week, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, yes, yes, I would agree with that. Um, <sighs> Day spring, did I have? I did have you, yes. Um, God, my brain today. Um, thank you all for joining me. Thank you all <laughs> for listening. If you liked Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Um, I want to say happy birthday to Ryan Houlihan. He just comes oh, out on his birthday. Yes, it does. Yes, happy, happy birthday, birthday to me. Birthday. He is the ripe old age of 21. <laughs> I am. And I, you know, it's crazy to think I can drink legally, but meat it is on theme. <laughs> Wild well, that I lived in New York five years ago when you were doing it back then. <laughs> you had really <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> um, but happy birthday, baby boy. I love Thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want to follow SlayerFest98, you can find us on social media at SlayerFestX98. If you want to support us on Patreon, I would love that. We're, we have Obi-Wan and Umbrella Academy episodes coming out. We put out a Stranger Things episode, and we're covering Harley Quinn Season 2 and What If Season 1. And uh, if you want to follow me, I am at Ian X. Carlos. Ryan, where can everyone find you? <sighs> I'm at Ryan Houlihan all over social. You can find my RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, the Academy of Drag Arts and Sciences, wherever you found this one. And also there's an Instagram video. Or Instagram. Uh, also, there is a YouTube video um, called The High Price of Instagram Face that I did with a channel called The Financial Diet, uh, all about injectables, plastic surgery, and the finances and the scams that you can avoid. Um, so check that out. I worked really hard on it. It's like a little documentary that I wrote. So check it out. Oh, nice. Um, Ryan, you have to link me to that so I can share it. Yeah. Um, and Dayspring, where can everyone find you and your podcast? So we are at Power of X-Men, predominantly on Instagram. I'm like... Dipping a toe in Twitter, so you'll I see, see a couple you on Twitter there. sometimes now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying, trying, but most importantly, we are doing a panel at San Diego Comic Con on Saturday at 1 p.m. and it's the X Men animated series 30th anniversary Woo! panel, and we're gonna have Eric and Julia Leewald, Larry Houston, Dan Bessemeyer, and the voice of Rogue herself, Lenore Zan. Oh, she's so cool. And we are going to be doing a happy hour on Friday in honor of Lenore Zan. And it's wow. going to be at 730 at Whiskey Girl. So 
Just say you're with the power of X-Men party and they'll guide you to the private space. Ugh, heaven. Ugh. Ryan, can we fly out for that? Please. <laughs> I want to get drinks with the voice Jesus. of Rose. <laughs> we chose Whiskey Girl because, I mean, we're it's Lenore Zan. Come and on. it's broke. It had to be that. Come on, sugar. Come on, sugar. Um, Ashley, where can everyone find you? Uh, Ash the Case Malls on all socials. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you can join the Marvel Fans Assemble uh, group, uh, Twitter community there. And what else do I have? Yeah, brooklynblur.com if you would like to visit my blog. All right. Well, we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.